I struggled using the PowerPoint, so I'm not going to use it. I'm going to stand here and turn with me to John chapter 17. I would like us to read all of that, and then we'll concentrate from verse 13 through 23. But I would like to read the whole of chapter 17 of John. John 17, 1 through the end, verse 26. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you, gave, which you have given me to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world, they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you, gave, you have given me, and they have received them and have known surely that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, just as we are one. 
I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. May God add blessings to his word. When we look at this portion of scriptures, the topic I want us to consider is divine purpose. By divine purpose, God is God, and the salvation of the elect was in in his mind even before the foundation of the world. We see here that nothing what, that God had so purpose and planned even before the foundation of the earth will, not, will, will come to pass. And nothing is going to hinder that. The Bible, as the word of God, is to be trusted with all of our heart, even in difficult times as well as in good times. And the Bible is for us so that we can bring glory to God. Just looking at this text that I said we will consider from verse 18 through 23, uh, if I have to point out some key things that we will be addressing, we will see John chapter uh, 13, 14, 15, and 16 is just giving more of the promises of blessings, persecution, and all kinds of promises. But in chapter 17, particularly, we have it as the high priestly prayer, the Lord's prayer. And everyone can understand that Jesus was God and man, 100% God, 100% man. But he devoted time to pray. And so, why on earth should Jesus spend time to pray? And that's what we are going to be looking at from this text. And when we look at chapter 17, verse 13 through 16, you will see that Jesus spent time to pray for his disciples' protection from sin. From verse 17 through 19, Jesus spent time to pray for their sanctification. From verse 20 to 23, Jesus prayed that all of the believers be one body. Why should Jesus, being God and man, take time to pray? Here, in this chapter, we see Jesus actually spending quality time to pray and talking with the Father God. He is not just talking about himself. He is talking on our behalf and presenting even those of us around here now to God. And right now we know this is clearly the time that Jesus was about to go to the, to, to the temple in Jerusalem and to be arrested and to face his death. But this is the teaching 
that is also leading to that act. And now, when we are talking about Memorial Day, thinking about Memorial Day, let's think about the memory of the one who sacrificially offered his life so that we can be accepted by God. And not just the loss of our dear ones that were taken in battle. Here, I see the picture of the Israelites. Remember when the Israelites were in Egypt, they were in bondage. Remember when God called them and they, he had to take them out of Egypt, they were to go to the promised land. And as pilgrims, we are moving. Yet when they left Egypt and they went and they were going to the promised land, they happened to be in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they wandered for 40 years. And in wandering around in the wilderness, they come in tents. They made tents for themselves, smaller tents in which they were camping. And in the middle of those tents, they had a larger or a bigger tent. And if you look carefully, studies shows that in that larger, bigger tent, they had the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, it was believed clearly that that was the presence of God. And the Israelites did not have access to the presence of God. Yet they had one person who could go annually into the presence of God. That is the priest who will go in with sacrifice, the sacrificial blood of the lamb, and then incense. He would take once in a while to the Holy of Holies. When he poured that blood on the altar, he sprinkled the incense as a symbol of prayer. That is giving me a clear picture of one person intervening in prayer once in a while on behalf of the 12 tribes that were there who could not even have access to God. And here we see Jesus standing in the gap to pray for the elect, to pray for the disciples. And right now, even in the presence of God, he is still interceding for you and I. High priestly prayer offered by Jesus, the Lord himself, that we need to constantly remember. And the question I'm asking is, why on earth should Jesus spend time to pray? The very first thing that hit my heart was that it was all about the love God had for the sinner man, a wretch like me, that moved Jesus to spend time to pray. The love for the disciples, the love for the believers, the love for the lost souls that were God's creation, he spent time to pray. Turn with me to verse 21. Verse 21 of this John chapter 17 says, verse 20 and 21 says, I do not pray for this alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. You know, he came to do the Father's will, and he came and accomplished the Father's will. But yet, after accomplishing the Father's will, 
he is spending time to pray. Asking God to help them, to keep them. We are equally loved by the Father with the same love that God had even for his son. The Bible says it clearly, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And where is that coming from? John 3.16, thank you. Think about it. That you were so loved by God the Father, even when you did nothing to merit salvation, in your wretchedness, God loved you. He loves the sinner man, and he had sin. To the extent that he is, in his love, asking God to keep that which he has committed to him. See verse 23. Verse 23 of our text says, I in them and you in me, that they may also be made perfect in, one, perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You see, the love that God had for the Son, Jesus is saying, I, I am asking you to just help love them with the same love that you love me. And the reason he's doing this is so that the world will know. If we are celebrating Memorial Day, we want the world to know that something happened. I was this morning talking with somebody, and he said, when did the first world war start? Was it 1939 or 1941? It was like, whatever the time, there was a first world war, right? It started. We are celebrating Memorial Day. We can remember dates of when things happen. But this is more crucial than remembering the dates of when things happen because this is the thing that has, this is the, 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 the life that has to do with your life connected back to the Creator where you will spend eternity forever. We may be remembering the Memorial Day of some that we will never even have another fellowship with them because they have departed to be where they are spending their eternity. But this is something that is so unique and important that is helping us to remember because it is our Lord helping us. Look at verse 11 of our text. Verse 11 says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them from your, keep them through your name, those whom you have given me. We are saying here that Jesus spent time to pray for the believers. And he spent time to pray because of his love. He spent time to pray because he knew these were those that were elected to spend eternity with him. In the presence of God. What was really the intent of this prayer? I have two things that I want to submit here. The intent of this prayer was the reason or 
the reason of this prayer, what was the main thing that he had to pray? He was praying for the spiritual security. He was praying that they should be kept secured for eternity, not just here now, but for, for, it, for eternity. Why that? Because he had been protecting them, and he was with them, and now is a time he has to move out and get back to the Father. But he desires that they be protected by the Father. And he knew that the right person to protect them with divine protection, according to the divine purpose that God had planned, is God alone. And so he handed them back to God. Protect them from the enemy. Jesus spent this time to pray for the protection of the believers. He spent time to pray for the protection of the disciples. He is spending time to pray for those who will hear his word, even after he's gone. You and I. And he is praying for our spiritual security. I like what John says here in verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that they should keep them, that you should keep them from the evil one. Keeping them from the evil one is keeping them from the attacks of the enemy. It's keeping them from the, the, the failure that they may falter into sin. It's keeping them from that eternity that they will be with him in eternity to spend eternity with God so that they will not be cast away into hell. Kept from sin, preserved, secured, saved by grace through faith in Christ. Jesus had to make this prayer because it is important. And here we learn that prayer is inevitable for the believer. It's the life that we have to cultivate, not just at a particular place, not just at a moment or a season, but it should be part and parcel of our lives. If Jesus, who was God-man, could spend time to pray, how much do you and I have to speak with the Father? And how well do you communicate with your Father God? So prayer is inevitable. Prayer cannot be overemphasized. Prayer is the lifestyle of a believer because it's your anchor with the Lord that keeps you and protects you and guides you as you move on to keep sensing the, lead, the leadership of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Jesus prayed for their security. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and let's read verse 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. It says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. What I'm bringing out here is that Jesus is making a statement. If he just prayed and did not say something, he's saying that those you gave me, I have protected them, I have kept them, except. And the exception there is referring to Judas Iscariot. And he said something. He said, except the one who was destined for destruction. 
And the one that was destined for destruction is the one that is going to that broad way that is leading to destruction. And that is Judas Iscariot. In this prayer, Jesus is talking about the 11 disciples that stood, not all of the 12, because Judas Iscariot was the one that was destined for destruction. And so he says clearly, I am not asking you to take them out of the world. I am asking you to keep them. And I'm asking you to continuously love them because I have loved them with the love you gave me. Except the one that was destined for destruction, which is Judas Iscariot. You see here clearly, it is just our lifestyle to be praying. So prayer is not something that is emphasized even now. Prayer was in the mind of God when he conceived the concept of salvation for you and I. And prayer is the lifeline that we have to stay connected with the Lord God. And prayer should be the, 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 the stronghold that keeps the Christian life moving so that you sense God's leading, you enjoy who God is, and you hear him when you talk with him. Prayer cannot be overemphasized. It's just what should be like the life of the believer. What are we talking about? The second thing, the second reason what he prayed for was that he was not just praying for the protection, he was praying for their sanctification and their unity. See here, their spiritual unity is measured here in this chapter, verse 23, states that clearly, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you have loved me. I, I have loved them as you have loved me. So here he is saying that keep them as one, just as we are one. Keep them in unity. Church unity is not something that is coming up right now. Church unity is not something that has to be overemphasized. Church unity is for the elect, and they know that it's part and parcel of their lives, as taught by the scriptures. And when we are moving together as brothers in the Lord, one another's keeper, it is because the Holy Spirit of God has brought us to that level. And the unifying factor is the word of God that is for every one of us. And so Jesus is praying for the unity of the saints, unity of the church, and that is what should be moving on. The other striking thing that I see here is that he was not just praying for this, but he knew the world in which they were living. He said, I have given them your word, and the world hates them because of your word. In this world, the Christians will be hated for being Christians, for standing out with the Lord. But glory be to God that he is our divine protector. Glory be to God that Jesus conquered the whole world and we are victorious and not victims of circumstances. When we stand with the Lord because he had conquered 
when we stand with the Lord because we are standing with the word of God, when we stand with the Lord because he has elected us and he loved us, we should rejoice even when we are hated by the world. When we look at this high priestly prayer, I see two things in place. Number one, prayer cannot be overemphasized. Prayer should be part and parcel of the life that can measure the growth or the relationship or the work of a believer with the Lord. How is your work with the Lord? Another powerful tool that you have that should keep you rejoicing as you walk on with the Lord is the Word of God. How is your Bible intake? How often do you spend time to take in the Word of God? If Jesus could offer this, he say, sanctify them with your Word. Your Word is what? Truth. And that truth is the power we have. The Word of God is the authority we have. The Word of God is the is the, is, the, is the strength that can keep us, move us, and lead us to succeed in the things we do. No doubt, when the Israelites were coming out, these instructions were given to Joshua. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. How often? Day and night, meaning always spend time on it. And then you will be careful to do all that is written in it. And when you are careful to do all that is written in it, your success will come. And your prosperity will come. God has given us everything we need for the salvation that he had even before the foundation of the world. And that has been accomplished in Christ Jesus. When he was about to move, he did not say, I have just finished and all is done and I'm gone. He carefully handed back the sense to God in prayer. Spending time in prayer is inevitable for you and I. It's what we should be cultivating in an increasing manner. Spending time in the word of God is what we should be taking in every time as our food on a daily basis. The question I have for you, how often do you pray? How often do you spend time studying and meditating on the word of God? I urge you this evening as we commemorate Memorial Day, give people the word of God. That is the word of life. That is the word that will keep, will keep people and take them from here to eternity with God, their creator. That is what the need of the world is, the word of God. If Jesus could say, sanctify them with your word, the truth, we have to give the word to the world as we trust God. To bring about the harvest. May God bless you as you spend time with family, members, friends, 
during this Memorial Day, but spend more time in the Word. Let us pray. Oh God, our Father, we are so thankful to you for the gift of your Word. Help us that we will value what you so value. Help us that we will spend time to talk with you and to reason with you so that we will see things from your perspective. Above all, help us to treasure your word in our hearts that we will not sin against you. To you be glory and honor for this time we have together. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.